SMQBs. This is episode 74. We missed a week. We're down a guy, but this is a fire episode where we're talking about the MLB second half stories. Uh, NFL uniform game. Look at the NFL. Figured out some more ways to make money. Shocking. Golf. Long live. Live. Sorry, Pope. But Liv is winning the battle, and we're covering it. We've got not just a punchable face this week, but a kick somewhere else. And a, a rare week where more Ted Lassos than punchable faces. So check it out. Leave us a five-star review. Thanks for listening. Have fun. Enjoy the show. And the people climb up on the booth, hanging from the people on the people. My head's the roof, dancing on the ceiling on the people. I got people on the dancing on the people. I got people. SMQBs, this is episode 74. We are back after a week off. We're sorry if you missed us. Uh, This is a pretty interesting number 74. He was a five-time first-team All-Pro, five-time second-team All-Pro. What years? He was the number number two pick in the 1962 AFL draft. I'm out. And, and, and the number three pick in the 1962 NFL draft. He was rookie of the year, of NFL rookie of the year in 62, 1960s all decade team, 1970s all decade team, 70th anniversary. I've got a good guess. I've got a good guess. Position. Merlin Olson. Yes. Rooster for the win. Wow. You, you should have totally you, you're looking. You should have said no. I'm not, I'm not. I know these guys. You should have said Little House on the Prairie, and we all would. Well, I was getting there. <laughs> I was getting there. Whose whose so, voice is this this week? It's very silky voice, right? What? Hold on. What's I've, Little House on the Prairie? I've got the code. What's What's Little House on the Prairie? Milk. No. One day, if you have a daughter, you'll find out. I've seen every episode ten times. <laughs> <laughs> wow so rooster bonus points if you can guess his character name um mr edward no 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 it's not mr edwards um just while he's thinking i have no. to say for milk this is very anti-dairy each week it's not not even giving milk a chance yeah well, it's, but if, why are, we're doing everything from the 60s well, I mean, I just try and find the best players. You have someone better who wore 74? <laughs> no. I mean, there, yeah. it would have, and it would be and if he, if you did, it would be a defensive lineman for the Cowboys wasn't in the Paul, same era. Wasn't Paul Gruber 74 for the for the Bucks? Oh, come on. Yeah. He's on I our, mean, he had, he had a Gruber? pretty impressive 208 games, one interception, notably. Uh, I don't know, it's a pretty impressive career. Was so, Merlin the one? He was he always in the in the um, booth with Dan Fouts? Yes. Yeah. No, the, not together. He had the big bl- uh, blonde beard on Little House on the Prairie. Jonathan Garvey was his. Character. Oh yeah, Mr. Garvey. Yeah, Garvey. Mr. Garvey. God. So, Kate, all right. Kate, so Kate would before, know that. 
before we ruin this with uh, any any more, I mean, we might as well, if we're going to talk a little house on the prairie, we might as well tee up some tennis talk while we're at it, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> let's, let's talk about something interesting. I can tell um, you everything I know about Anne of Green Gables, if you want. <laughs> we're really getting into something here with Rooster. <laughs> wow. We're out of practice. One week off and it's all going to fucking shit. Right. Uh, <laughs> Seriously. Hey, listen, um, we took a week off. Baseball took a little time off for the all-star break. We're teeing up the second half of the season. What are you guys looking for? What's uh, what's interesting? Don't you think we should filibuster Rooster at this point? Yeah, come on. Come on, guys. What are, you, what are <laughs> wait, we looking wait. for? There's wait. one story and one story only that leads this oh, segment. No, no, oh, no, no. And what? What what would that be, Rooster? Aaron Judge. Cut him off. 37 home runs. He's hot on the trail of the all-time unassisted record of 61. And by unassisted, I mean unassisted by cheating with steroids. And even if you don't buy that, it's the Yankees record of 61. It's a big deal. Any other, any other time period in baseball, this would be. The, the lead story everywhere and people just aren't that interested in, in the home run chase like they used to be, but this is a huge story. He is a really good guy. He doesn't take steroids. He's, he's killing it this year. He's playing without a contract extension. I mean, he's just, you know, he's the face of baseball right now. One of the faces of baseball. Let's not, I, let's not exaggerate. There's, there's a few others, but he, this, and the sad thing is he may be on the way out the door. Well, first of all, why would he be out on the way out the door? Just because they can't afford him? That he rejected their Wait, offer. The Yankees can't I'm afford him. I'm pretty sure they can afford him. Yeah. They can afford him. He rejected their offer. Um, there's news. Oh, what a yeah, nice guy. There's news yesterday that they pulled their two top prospects out of a, a AAA game. This guy, Yasan Dominguez, who they have been comparing to. Mike Trout, Bo Jackson, and Mickey Mantle for the last couple of years. And so there's a big trade brewing. I mean, I could, I, I would hate to see this, but I can imagine that uh, they're, they're in the Juan Soto sweepstakes. How, how old is, is Judge? Uh, he's pretty young. I think he's like 30. And, and how many years left of control do they have? Uh, zero. That's it. He's a free agent at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he rege- he rejected. Their, yeah, he's their last. He's offer. thirty. Yeah. yeah, you're right. He's thirty. He avoided the question at the All Star game when they were asking about it. I think he might have hit his thirty eighth last night. I mean, that's uh, that would be a stunning story yeah. if he if he left the Yankees for a marquee player. I mean, who arguably is particularly this season one of if not the face of baseball to walk away from the Yankees would be truly, I mean, really stunning. That would, that would yeah. be quite a story. Yeah. They need to sign him. I mean, the guy yeah. stepped up, he stepped up, he's playing center field for them this year at his size. It's amazing. It, it, the, the, as much as he hits bombs, the thing that I will always just remember about judge is a throw he made to home plate where he kind of caught a fly ball sort of flat-footed almost, and just reared back and fired a line drive. I mean, this thing, it must have gone 96 miles an hour to home plate and caught this guy. He didn't even need to slide. He was so far out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the defense, the arm, 
just is is so impressive. Rooster, I, I yes, I mean you know chicks dig the long ball, so the home run story is a great one. But I actually think there's with the Yankees, there's a few cooler stories. I mean, the rebirth of Matt Carpenter. Yeah, unbelievable. He is mashing the ball. Like what he has done over the last three weeks is statistically off the charts. The Nestor story. That story is unbelievable. Nasty Nestor is is an unbelievable story. And how about the shortstop? God, this is so much Yankees talk. Did you guys know that he's related to Ralph? Did you know he's related to Ralph Kiner? Who is? Who? Uh, Falafel Kiner, the shortstop. No way. He is related to Ralph Kiner. Um, Is Carpenter the one with the porn stash? Yes. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, a, he's one of the only Yankees I like. Milk, what are you, what are you looking forward to second half? What's your story? Um, I'm going with injuries right now. You've mm. got DeGrom maybe coming back in August for the Mets, who are in a massively tight race with the Braves. I think that's like one game between them. Um, that could make be a huge difference in who wins the NL East. Uh, unfortunately, the Phillies will not be part of that conversation. Easy does it. Um, <laughs> same with same with uh, uh, the Padres with Tatis. Supposedly, he's uh, hitting off a tee right now. They are the Dodgers have run away with their division, but I think they're in a tight wild card race in the NL. Yeah. So I think he's going to be a huge difference maker. I'm going to go with my boy Wander Franco. The AL, which leads me into my second big story. The AL wild card is an unbelievable second half story. There are, I think, seven teams within three games. You've got Toronto, Tampa, Seattle coming off that huge, like 15 game winning streak, 14 game winning streak. Orioles are on a tear lately. Uh, the Red Sox are there. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with, with Franco. He's out probably mid to late August, probably early September uh, with his surgery. So I think that'll be a big difference maker in in whether Tampa uh, gets back in the playoffs. So I think injuries are going to be a big deal, and AL wildcards can be really very exciting. That's my second half. House? Can you guys guess? Bison, you can't get this wrong. You're the baseball expert. What two teams in Major League Baseball have the longest playoff drought? Mariners. That's one. Milk your money. Phillies. That's two. You guys are gold. This is why we are the number one sports podcast in Taiwan. (laughs) Uh, My my second half story is can either one of these teams end the the longest playoff droughts in baseball? The Mariners... You know, we've said this before when we talked about Shohei. I wish we were able to watch a little bit more AL West baseball and just pay attention to that more. But it was very, very exciting. And I got to tell you, I uh, we were all in Seattle together last week for a conference. And I was in a cab stuck in traffic. And there was a cabbie who was definitely a foreigner. English was not his first language. He was somewhere from the continent of Africa. He could barely speak English. And he kept, like, along the ride as we were inching in traffic, he kept turning up 
a 10th inning game of the Mariners as loud as he could. And that was just a great, like, that's what baseball is about is like hooking somebody. That team is very fun. They're very young. Very Uh, young. The J-Rod is replacing the K-Rod, Julian Rodriguez. Uh, Julio Rodriguez. They uh, they made some offseason moves. A lot of people don't know that the Mariners have the reigning Cy Young winner. Robbie Ray moved from the Blue Jays last year is now Blue pitching Jays. lights out for the Mariners. So they're very, very exciting. And a 14-game win streak will, will do it for you. The I don't Phillies, like that they just got swept, by the way. Yeah. Well, the, the Mariners. But it was the, the Astros, Phillies, right? The Mariners and the Phillies both came out and laid an egg after the All-Star break. The Phillies really embarrassingly at home against the Cubs. But and the Red Sox. Said, Red Sox are tanking too. Yeah, some teams came out bad, but it's one series after the All-Star yes. break. That said, um the Phillies actually have really good pitching. They have good starting pitching. Their bullpen was the best in June, and if Bryce Harper comes back, if Castellanos can Find the barrel of the bat again. Uh, Schwarber's the leading home run hitter in the National League ahead of Pete Alonso. If JT Realmuto finds the bat again, the Phillies could make a run. The pitching is not the problem. That's always been their problem. But I agree with you, Milk. The NL East and the AL East are going to be barn burners. And uh, I mean, I'm saying for second place. I mean, I think the Mets and Yankees pretty much have it in hand. Which is another thing that will make it make. I don't know about the Mets. The Mets, the Braves just pulled even with them. The Braves are one. They're one and a half half back. Um, Is Harper? But Harper's playing right now, right? He's hitting, right? He's just not, or is he not playing at all? No, he's not playing at all. He's he 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 was broken thumb six to eight weeks. Oh, that's right. I guess we're in week. We're like kind of in week four, maybe. I mean, he's probably four weeks. They're about to get Gene Segura back. But um, I he had the shoulder so. thing too, right? Where he wasn't, where they were, he wasn't throwing, and the, and then he broke the thumb. He, correct. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. What but about you, know, you Bison? Injuries. Well, yeah, Bison. listen, you guys will think this is a is a homer one, but Soto. It's got to be. Yeah, Soto. I mean, it's got to be Soto, and and I I got to put this in perspective. I mean, you, you guys will laugh at me when I say how good he is. But this is probably, and you could still say a prospect because he's so young. He's 23. This wow. is probably the greatest hitting potential or prospect we ever have seen or will see in our lifetimes. Oh, this boy. is how good he is. He's made two, at age 23, he's made two all star teams, won a batting title and a World Series, where, by the way, he was very instrumental in winning that World Series. He wasn't just a, a rookie right. sitting in bench uh he has a higher career on base percentage than mickey mantle his weighted runs created which is like where they take your you know the, one of these crazy statistics where they figure out the runs that you add to a game then they weight it for like ballpark and league and all this and weather and everything it's the same as willie mays it's higher than hank aaron um he's got a higher on base plus uh, on base percentage of 400 each of the past four seasons. And the season before that, he came up eight at bat short of having an official season. It would have been five seasons. I mean, he is offensively really, truly the most remarkable hitter we've ever seen. 
my and God. at age 20, oh no, this is not, I mean, anybody who knows baseball won't argue with this. And at age 23, where the team has two and a half years left of control on them, they're very possibly going to trade him. Yeah. Well, and the only thing that's going to stop that from happening is how do you put together a package that <clears throat> is worth it? You guys gave me the hardest time ever when the Phillies sign Harper for $330 million. And that was only a couple years ago. So what does it tell you about a guy that $440 million is not enough for him? Well, the problem Come is on. that right. it, it makes him – he's earning $5 million a year less than Trout, who four, was four years older when he signed his deal three years ago. So, yeah. I mean – it's not that's the problem with it. It's not that it's not enough money. I mean, the, the answer to your question is Scott Boris is his agent, right? right? And that's that's part of the problem right there. But it's the it's the cop. I mean, I think it would make him like the 20th highest paid player per season in baseball, even at 440 million, because it's a 15-year deal. To right. me, this to me, this is the saddest thing about baseball is the is the breakup of small market mega teams. And I'm thinking back to like the Mariners of the nineties, or I forget when it was when they had uh, uh, Ken Griffey, Jr. A rod, Randy Johnson, Edgar Martinez, Jay Buhner, all on the same team. And they just couldn't keep them together because of what's going on with, with the Nats. Then the Nats are the latest example. I mean, if you look at the, at the NL all-star team this year, it's, populated by former Nats. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's but, terrible but for the fans. I feel like Seattle is a legit market issue. Like the Expos owner can't afford to keep this team together. I mean, what's the well, story the, there, Bryson? The problem is, is he wants to sell the team and they made two bad. They have two bad contracts in Strasburg and Corbin, right? These are, they're horrible contracts. They're getting nothing out of either of them. Um, I mean, a lot of people say that if they trade Soto, whoever's going to get Soto is going to have to take Corbin and that contract too, um, which might be a deal breaker for a lot of teams. But but the learners want to sell the team. And the question is, with those two bad pitching contracts, and then if you add in a $500 million contract, do you just do you make it impossible to find a buyer? Now, I would think that having one of the great young players – on the team, uh, you know, in, in baseball on the team would be a plus for someone who wants to buy it. And right. I'll also say that, you know, the two of the guys they got last year, uh, Kiebert Ruiz and Josiah Gray, who they got in the trade for Trey Turner and, and Scherzer last year, the Dodgers actually are turning out to be good players. When, when they, when they traded for those guys, a lot of people said, okay, they're trying to show Soto that they don't want to rebuild. They just need 18 months to sort of retool those guys have have delivered, and now you know the question is, you know, is, is Boris going to create a situation where it's just impossible, and Soto's going to have to test the market? Did did they sign um, Strasburg to his contract before or after the World Series? After they picked Stras over Rendon, basically. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they yeah. they signed him right after. Yeah, well, Rendon and, hasn't uh, done much since then either. That's true. That's true. Nice. What is what do the Nats want for Soto? It's like five pick, five, uh, four or five guys, right? Yeah, and it's something not even astronomical. Like, well, right. I mean, they want a superstar young guy 
right? Like a first year superstar player plus, you know, two or three guys who maybe have an all-star game under their belt. Plus, I mean, they, <laughs> and you know, and they, I mean, but that's enormous in is, baseball, by the way, if you like if enormous, you, but, if, but if you put, that's right. And that's why I said this, the reason a trade might not get done is because of the asking price, but if you put Soto in some of these lineups right now, I mean, if you put Soto in the Mets lineup or the Yankees lineup or whatever, like, you know, I mean, he, he's, he legit, I mean, he's walking 20% of the time and he has nothing really around or, him. Or how about the Dodgers? They're, they the Dodgers. really want, God, that would yeah. be awful. That would be okay, awful. Okay, but uh, all, with all the talk about Soto and he is a special player, I understand just as generational as Soto is, we, some of us had us had him. I think two of us had him as the player of the year, sports person of the year last year. Otani may win the right. Cy Young in the AL while hitting 30 home runs. Right, right. On and a team that's like 20 games under 500, is there any realm of possibility that the Angels move him? They say no, but he, I think he would love to be moved. Yeah. God, I mean, how great. Completely transform the future of a team. How well, just how great for baseball would it be if he was on the East Coast? Yeah. You know, oh my if, God. If you pop him into, into New York or Boston or Philadelphia as a market, I mean, that's, that's a, that changes baseball in a lot of ways from a marketing standpoint. So it sounds like Otani and Soto will be Yankees by August. <laughs> right. Move on. I don't, I don't think so. I think yeah. the pot, the Padres and the Dodgers are uh, front runners for soda. Padres, you know, interesting. How do the Padres have so much money? Don't they have two, three hundred million dollar contracts? Well, would, would it be interesting to see uh, Tatis for Soto? Right. They can't have Machado, Tatis, and Soto. But I think the I think that's what you'd have to see. You'd have to see a guy like Tatis. Now maybe he might even be be too old for the Nats to say, yeah, that's that's straight up there, particularly with the injury. But that's the kind of I think that's what they're looking for, something like that. Crazy. He's twenty three. It's out. It's out. I mean, he has a full decade, a full decade plus. You know, he hasn't really he hasn't really hit his prime. Right. No, a 15-year contract on him is not too long. You're not you're not paying too much at the back end no. necessarily. Will you will are... you root for him on the Phillies? Oh. <laughs> God, I hope that happens again. No, but I'll say this. I've already sent an email to my season ticket person because we we've had a ticket, at least two tickets to every single game since the Nats came to Washington DC. You are a loyal fan. 2008. And and I've said I said you know that might be a bridge too far. You you let Harper, Rendon, Trey Turner leave, and then you and lose Max. Soto and Max. And, yeah, at least Scherzer was at the end of his contract, you know. But those other guys, and, and older, those other guys were young and in their like just hitting their prime. And you lose Soto. I told her I said I I. Cannot tell you that we'll renew our tickets. Oh, and let me guess. turning out the lights on all of his Washington teams. She emailed you back with something very optimistic. She had a good response. 
Yeah. Now, she has a good response. response. I've done this with the Bucks before, so I have experience. (laughs) Their responses are always fantastic. First of all, I appreciate that she responded because she's probably getting slammed with those emails. And second, she, you know, she said, look, Rizzo built a World Series winning team here. And, Uh, you know, I just, you have to have faith that he knows what he's doing. Okay. I don't know. I mean, we'll have to see what the, if there's a trade, we'll see what it turns up. That'll be, I'm just going to throw the words World Series in there and hope he looks elsewhere. yeah, exactly. Have, exactly. I, 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 before we move on from baseball, we have a, a ardent listener, Rob Jenner, who said that if we talked about baseball without saying anything about the Orioles, we are not a real sports podcast. So they, go O's. It's good for yeah. baseball. Ten in a row. I think they've already eclipsed last year's win number. And um, I, I, I guess it's good for the ba- for baseball when the O's are back. No, it's terrible. They're gonna, I think they're going to finish ahead of the Red Sox, which is amazing. The Rays are going to spank them this week. Watch. Interesting. <laughs> they heard so we, have, we can't. We can't beat the Royals, so maybe not. They, they do have one of the best ballparks of all time. Uh, yeah, I'll give you that. And the so, best young, young no complaints best, here. The best young catcher in baseball. That's right. That's right. Maybe we'll just send Soto up the street to Baltimore for Adley. Oof. Yeah, you can so, be an Orioles yeah. fan again. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, House, um, NFL, the NFL are coming out with some, uh, I don't know, they're, they're doing their uniform thing where everybody's got an alternate and nine alternates and 10 helmets. And actually, I think they're advertising the uniforms for like two years down the road now. Yeah. What's going on with, what's going on with the uni game? Well, what's going on is that the NFL finally figured out how the NBA is raking in cash. You know, the NBA for the last several years has made a killing out of creating alternate jerseys. There were city editions. There were earned it editions. If you made the playoffs, you had a special jersey. There's Christmas game jerseys, all this kinds of stuff. And they fly off the shelves. They look great. The NFL had this excuse for a while, which was stupid that teams wanted to change the helmet. And when they were under siege from the whole concussion thing, that the helmet had to match the uniform and changing the helmet had some kind of issue with the safety. And so they couldn't do it. It was all BS because the Eagles and the classic Kelly Green have wanted to change back to the Kelly Green for a long time. And they weren't allowed to do the helmet kelly green until the uniform it was all kinds of crazy but now the nfl obviously from the almighty dollar has figured it out and so this year you're gonna see uh you guys have probably seen the the bengal white helmet yeah that's cool that's a cool one the old the old giants with the g y a n t s helmet the the uh the texans are going to red river red whatever i like the texans one that's um Next year, I'm pretty sure we're going to see creamsicle orange for the Bucks. We are, baby. We're going to see the Eagles, oh, Kelly the, Green. The, um, the Pats. The I Pats like are taking it old the, school. Yeah, I love that one. I, I, wish, the, I wish the Bills would But go the back Pats are this year, right? They're wearing that this year. I can't wait. That's my favorite one of this, this season. Yeah. The Patriot dude has a name. I, I, the Minuteman. The Minuteman. Yeah. Yeah. There, it's it's cool. I'm glad the NFL is doing it. Um, I'm curious your guys take now that 
we're seeing alternates in basketball. We're seeing alternates this year, uh, a lot of alternate jerseys in baseball between the military uniform, between the city edition. Um, you know, who has it the best? Who does it the best now? League? What league does yeah. it the best? League. Yeah. I think it's oh. about to be the NFL. Hmm. Interesting. I think the NBA probably does it the best. Um, I, I think some of the NBA unis have looked really good. The Sixers, as much as it pains me to say, the Sixers City Edition was pretty sweet. The Wizards City Edition was pretty good. I've got the uh, the new City Edition one up that they'll use this this year, which it's kind of cool that the the Wiz and and the Nats both went with the cherry blossom sort of uh, uh, theme this year. Um, but you serious? I, no, I think they like that cherry cool. blossom thing. The the Nats cherry blossom thing. Yeah, yeah, the Nats cherry blossom uni looks good, and everybody's wearing it all over town. It's at t shirts, hats. They're everywhere in town. I like our last year. Man club chair milk about how you feel about a team sporting a cherry blossom. Yeah. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> you have creamsicle for fuck's sake. I and mean, it's Jesus. The, oh, wait till now he'll have to play one more year, but wait till Brady's in creamsicle. I might cry. Literally. Oh, God. I mean, tears will come down the face. I, by the way, so I think this, this uni stuff, like I love when baseball does the old like twenties, like put give me a Chicago White Sox game wearing their nineteen twenty two uniform all day long. Um, some of these are a little nuts. Like in you know in college, like they change. Like Oregon has like literally like sixteen different types of uniforms that they alternate. It's I don't know. Yeah. That's where it all started, right? With Nike and Oregon. Oh yeah, Oregon started changing their uniform literally for every game, and it's getting a little crazy. I like it every now and then, but make it rare. Like I only want to see the creamsicle like once every five years, six years. Brewster, you got to love love the Giants' helmet. I, I I do love the fact that they're going back to a helmet that from when they were relevant. Um, because we were damn good when we had that helmet. You're relevant with Danny Dimes. Um, but I'll tell you what, I like <laughs> I like I like both. I like the th- some of these throwbacks. I love the Eagles old Kelly Green with the big, you know, feathers on the side. I love the Pats Minuteman. I love the old Bills helmet. Mm, that, uh, that's a good I one. Think, I think the reason they don't go back to that is it reminds people of OJ, but uh, I, that was an awesome <laughs> helmet. Um <laughs> But I also like a couple of these new ones, like this this white Bengals helmet is cool, and as as are a couple of the black ones. Have you seen the Cardinals black helmet? That's a good yeah, one. That's pretty where cool. the Cardinal kind of is just like it's like a blackout, so you almost can't see the Cardinal in the back of the helmet. That one's really cool, and I like the Eagles one behind you too. I, I think we can all agree that the. Cowboys white helmet is ugly. Oh god, that's yeah. awful. Disgusting. Awful. It's <laughs> disgusting. Do they know what games they're wearing these, by the way? The two worst, I think, are the Cowboys white helmet and then the Bears orange on orange. Yeah. They're gonna wear an orange helmet with an orange shirt. They're gonna look like Syracuse. All the I Bears heard. throwback uniforms are terrible. When they wear like the 1930s, they're all awful. I heard they're, 
I heard that Dan Snyder is going to just use throwback duties this this whole season, and we're going to go by the Redskins again. <laughs> <laughs> he got a good deal on him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. I I hate I I got I kind of hate all the teams with the black helmets though. Like it's cool, but not every team is supposed to have a black helmet, right? I mean, right, and, right, and that's right. what they're all doing, Washington included. I don't know. It's yeah. It's, yeah. Keep your colors. Yeah. So. Well, it's, I'm, gl- I'm glad the NFL is doing it. I think to answer the question, I think it's mainly going to be on the primetime games. And it's a little bit of an expansion. A few years ago when they started the Thursday night games, it was the color rush where they all wore the yeah. same color, both top and bottom. And you and couldn't see anything like- on the screen. Yeah. Exactly. It, it was terrible. The all-time worst, though. Is the uh, Steelers Bumblebee outfit? <laughs> oh, oh my God! I, I, oh, it's, it's terrible. It's, it's like humiliating to go out there dressed in that. That is so. Some, bad. some of the stories though are are pretty good behind them. Like the Miami, uh, the Marlins had like they. I can't remember what it was. The sugar canes or something. And and if you read the story about um, about the leagues and the teams that were playing and how they came up, it's it's kind of cool. Some of the background. There's there's history. And some connection when they do a lot of these uniforms, and it's, it's yeah, that's worth, true. Uh, it's and baseball does that. I think baseball does that the best, where they they find a you know a, a uh, Negro League team or or some other you know like this was a Cuban team, and and they give a little history on it, and that's kind of cool to, to hear those stories. Yeah. Well, good luck to your teams in your alternate uniforms. It's not going to change how much they all suck. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. true. Wow. That's true. Yeah. I really hope. Unfortunately, wear that white uniform against Tampa in the first game. <laughs> the, Cowboys? Awesome. Cowboys. the Cowboys. Cowboys. Yes. God, I hate. I hate them. How, how yeah. long before the Cowboys fans are calling for their coach to be fired? Do you think? I give him five games. Yeah. I'll oh, take the under. Please. It'll be before if, that. Yeah. They have a they have a tough opening schedule. Yeah. Tampa week uh, one, baby. Milk. You got yes. the live golf behind you. What's going on in the golfing world? Nothing much, like, right? I don't know what it is about today's podcast, but I feel free. Like I can like <laughs> talk about live. Like I really want to. It's the greatest damn Man. golf league if, in the country, isn't it? If 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 Pope would just connect right now, I mean, please, Pope. <laughs> we're, no, down, first, we're down. First, one, there was Pope. first. First there was sliced bread and then there was live golf. There's yeah. The, <laughs> yes, exactly. We've and got Saran. Saran rap. We've got have you ever I seen that their, bit? Their next tournament is it's this weekend, right? It's this weekend. If it's this weekend. We've got the addition of Charles Howe the third, baby, over the last week. Barkley is in talks. I think it's close with him. Faraday just left. Uh, and Faraday, uh, Faraday's a done deal. That's a done deal. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Big deal. It's, it is a big deal. And it's the first they're going to have a TV contract soon. I mean, yeah. obviously. Um, and my boy, Cam Smith, I heard the offers going from 90 million to 130 million. And it's looking good. I think he might go. And once he goes, that's the domino, baby. That's that will lead to several others that are going to roll 
but I guess the question is, how do how is everyone feeling about this? We know we know we know how Pope feels. Is thank God he's not here. Um, oh, well, I mean, wait a minute. We know what a what a front runner Pope can be. What's the over under on how long it takes Pope to be a live cheerleader? Well, oh, once I, I there's think, no longer a PGA. I mean, yeah. didn't we didn't we set it? Didn't we set it for the fantasy draft? He'll be wearing a he'll be wearing a live hat before or yeah. after. What's what is it? Hey, absolutely. It's just so. What I mean, look, real honestly, where do we go from here? Because I I think we're gonna have some big big names start to come over. They're gonna keep. Liv's not gonna die. At the very beginning, we were like, oh, this thing may not make it. It's growing very fast. Norman has played an amazing game of chess, and he's winning. Uh, the PGA Tour is starting to look like their pants are down. Um, what's what? What do we think about this? Because it's going to become a. And where where does it go? Are we going to have two, these two leagues competing by side by side? You know. Do we look at the leaderboard from last weekend's three? I mean, it was it was embarrassing. Okay. You, I mean, I who, who wants to watch that? The PGA is so lucky that Tony Finau won that tournament, yeah, yeah, right? No right, because I didn't even know now, who the other people were. Now, to be fair, the the week after a major is often okay. a a lighter field, right? I mean, there's a lot of guys who don't play the week after. That's true. That's true. I, now, I, who's playing in the Rocket Mortgage what, tournament <laughs> this weekend? That's what I want to know. I think that Pope and the other PGA defenders, setting aside, (laughs) we're just going to put to the side the issue of the source of the money for a second. We're just going to go talent to talent. Yeah. I think they got to get honest after the Open where four of the top 11 were live golfers. And if Cam Smith, then you've got that time. Yeah. Yeah. Cam is not yet, but if he joins it, and you've got five of 11 and the champion. How can you say that this tournament is a bunch of has-beens, also-rans, never-will-bees? W- How can you say that? You can't. You can't. And, there, and, are more you know, interesting, there are more interesting names playing on the Live Tour week in and week out right now than on the PGA Tour. I, I agree. Look, it's, it's going to become a problem where, like, the Live Tour – how many players do they have? 48? Something like that? Yeah, it's like 40 I mean, or I guess, 48. I guess they'll That's going to that be their out. problem is about expanding it. Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to expand or start cutting. I think they've already done that, right? Some guys got right, cut, right. I think, already. Um, but but you're right. I mean, the PGA Tour is going to become top-heavy. You're going to have four guys, five guys, six, five names, six names. If they're not playing in the tournament – you're going to be the bottom half is going to be disgusting. Whereas you're going to start to have all these big names and live, live tournaments every single week, throw in Kepka, DJ, whoever into the rocket classic mortgage next week. And yeah, they're, if they're winning the tournament on Sunday, if Dustin is, Johnson's in contention on Sunday with Brooks Kepka, people are going to watch that. Is, is the PGA guy. I can't believe I'm saying this is the PGA going to become the minor league for live, like are guys going to go there because that's where that's the progression from college to you get your card, you play some tournaments, you get hot, you get noticed, and then you cash in and go to the big leagues. 
it, you know, it's it. Milk says it's a chess game, and maybe maybe that's the metaphor. It's a poker game. PGA's got to figure out when to fold them in terms of the merger. When when the when they got to catch on to some of the things because they're not that. You know, they said, "Oh, well, we're going to change our purses." The big thing, of course, is the player share. Uh, that's that apparently is one of the big complaints is that the revenue sharing is not enough. But look, you know. If Pope were here, he would say, um, one, well, what about these college or young golfers who joined Live when it wasn't hot, who gave up their dream of the PGA, who joined Live, and now that popular players are coming over to Live, these guys are cut to the side of the street and never have a chance on the PGA because they <coughs> lost, they've been banned, to which I say, who cares? They were never going to be in the PGA anyway. They were gonna, right. They were, they were going to make the cuts. For the, in right. The PGA tournaments. right. If you take away the argument, like you say, House, about the source of the money, then really it's a no brainer argument because competition is good. If you believe in capitalism, there's nothing wrong with this. The only the only issue is the source of the money. Yeah. And and it's a and big issue. By the it way, is it is. Issue. But and let's talk about that source, by the way, because it's about six hundred and fifty billion dollars, which the and it it never is going to decrease. So the. The, what's the PGA Tour going to do? They can't match it. They've tried to do this new format, whatever. It's going to be twenty million dollars purses, like you said, house. But you can still make more money in a live tournament. There's this team component, and the PGA Tour can't hand out fifty million dollars to pe- to one player to <laughs> to do anything, let alone a hundred. I, I the, think the people, only thing that oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say I think what people aren't talking about. <laughs> They're talking about Live. They're talking about the PGA, but what they're not talking about that really made Live possible continually is the majors weathered the storm. Somehow, through all of this, the majors never caught any shit, and they just said, "We're staying out of this. We're Switzerland. We're staying neutral. We're just going to let it play out, and we're going to let everybody play." Well, once these players realized they could just play the majors and still collect a big check paycheck on Live. Who cares? They don't want to play the Rocket Mortgage and 3M Open. Let them play the majors and, and, and play live. Four four rounds of the Rocket, right. you know, mortgage. Not three, four rounds. So the majors was the big deal. Yeah, and the majors are smart. They're like, no, we we need those guys to play because four of the top eleven just finished. So and and the top guys who are anti live are on the downslide in their careers. I mean, I, for example, Rory is probably never going to play the old course again in his prime, you know, because, right, when's the next time they play there? And yeah, probably not for 10, 7 years, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so they still have some guys. They've got, like, JT is a big, he's anti-live. It's the only difference I have with him. It, the, <laughs> only thing I, the only thing that I, not the only thing, but one of the main things I agree with the PGA players when they get up is say, look, why don't guys just get honest about it? Like it, it's really not how the PGA is treating you. It's not about that. There's too many tournaments because nobody's ever forced you to play tournaments. It's about the money. And I don't begrudge you. If that's what you want to do is go for the money. That That is the one thing is the live players themselves could say, Hey, how could I pass this up? You know, these are great purses. It's a great opportunity to be paid. If you look in any other sport, nobody criticizes players in NBA or MLB or football for going for the biggest dollar. Why are we criticized? That's what somebody should just come out and say it. 
Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Shambo did a little bit. He was like, it's a business decision. I yeah. am. Well, the pro- the bigger problem was that Phil effed up the entire message early. That's on. right. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> because, because because he's forty Phil. million dollars in debt from gambling. Right, and that's we knew it was yeah. all going to gambling debts. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, well, or they just listen, killed the uh, guys after him. <laughs> I think we I think we sort of jokingly said you know something about a merger the other day and Pope lost his mind over it and I reminded him, I said yeah that's right there's not going to be a merger you're right Pope Liv's going to acquire the PGA yeah right right if the, if, the, if the PGA doesn't figure this out quick the only merger is going to be them into live yeah exactly if I am legitimately worried about Pope's health if there is a live PGA oh my oh, I'm God. not I'm not I'm not, like, I'm not at all I'm not at all he's, <laughs> he's halfway to becoming a live fan he, right now he will have a massive panic attack what happens what happens when Tiger says yeah you know what I'm in yeah, yeah. Well, you know what I thought bad. about it more fuck it <laughs> yeah I'm in <laughs> I could use a billion oh, that's that sound is Alaska. The what's left of the Alaskan ice caps melting while Pope spontaneously I just, combusts. We miss you, Pope, and we're going to give you a full twenty we, seconds to defend the PGA. <laughs> yeah, are, buddy. Yeah. Dur- during the tennis segment, tell, you get, tell us you get twenty seconds on the PGA, and Rooster gets fifteen on the Yankees next week. That's it. Tell us how Piercy does in the Rocket Classic next weekend. <laughs> All right, Rooster. You got someone you want to punch in the face? Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kujay with a triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. Yeah, I have a, I have actually a new uh, SMQB's segment this week. Instead of punching punchable face of the week i'm introducing kicking the dick (laughs) (laughs) this kick in the the dick goes out to daryl katz the billionaire owner of the edmonton oilers who uh has been accused of paying a teenager ballerina seventy five thousand dollars for sex um and it's not just the young woman who's accusing him it's um the coaches who were initially sued by seven ballerinas who then countersued cats claiming that he was actually performing illegal acts they were having consensual sex with these girls after they turned 18 but cats was doing it before they were age of majority um and he's got text messages i mean how stupid can people be he's got text messages to her saying hey keep this to yourself our respective ages would be taken the wrong way i'll i'll make sure my people get 50,000 over to you this is one of the payments the guy i mean the guy his his defense is have to you know have to be objective here his defense is that she was pitching um a movie project to him cuz he also has a movie company well, let me ask you this. How likely do you think it is that a teenager with an idea for a movie gets access to the billionaire owner of the company for the direct pitch, and then he personally is texting her about it? I don't think so. I don't think so. Daryl Katz gets a dick kick for being a, a scumbag predator. And Ugh, it's just disgusting. One. 
It's a good one. I I I have a another one. It's just not a kick in the dick. It's just just a punch. It's a great old punch wall. What is it? A milk slap? Yeah. It's we not, have we have varying degrees slap. of punishment that we <laughs> hand yeah. out on this program. Did you guys hear about the latest streaming service that you can buy called NFL Plus? No. Oh no. god. Yep. What is yep. this? The NFL, which I think makes 50 gazillion dollars, hasn't made enough money yet. So uh for anywhere from $4.99 a month. To $120 a year, uh, depending upon whether you want to watch coaches' film and et cetera, et cetera. They're gonna they're basically putting what was the NFL game pass uh on steroids to allow you because you want to so badly watch preseason games, right? Oh god, and, yes. and, and you want to so badly watch out-of-market games. I have forever had major issues with the NFL and the blackout rule preventing teams from watching their own teams play yeah. if the stadium wasn't sold out, making it impossible to watch your own team when you're on the road, or if you're on a business trip or vacation. Well, the NFL's solution to that is just to rip out more from your pockets. And I just ask, how much more money does this league have to make? At some point, can't you just say, the NFL has an am- amazing contract. You know, now Amazon is in on right. the game. They're going to be showing some of the games. Right. Can't they at just some point say, if you're paying for the streaming service, Amazon, if you're paying for DirecTV, if you're paying for all these services, we're going to get this to you. Oh, they are saying you get NFL Plus for free if you're a season ticket holder, which means you got to shell out those thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm sorry, NFL. Enough is enough. You don't need any more money. Here's a punch in the face, and if you keep going, Rooster's going to kick you in the dick. Yikes. Good one. Bravo, bravo. Milk, you want to kick anyone in the dick or punch him in the face or Uh, grab him in the ass? I don't know. (laughs) We've gone. Things are getting interesting here. I'm good. I'm good. good. That was a lot of kicking. I I, got a lasso. All right, let's uh, let's leave it with a lasso. So, you know, the the All-Star game was last week, MLB All-Star game. And there's a really good story by Ken Rosenthal uh, at the at the Athletic about the Mets Edwin Diaz uh, helping to get the Pirates pitcher David Bednar into the All-Star game. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, these guys, one of the things these managers freak out about is they're really careful with other guys pitchers. Right. Like they they come up with a plan. If they're going to use them, they want them to warm up once or twice. Uh, they they don't want to they don't want to do anything that gets another manager like pissed at them for, you know, getting their pitchers all out of whack and out of their throwing regimen and everything. But this guy, there's 37, I think, first time all stars uh, this last week. And this guy, um, uh, Bednar, was one of them. And Edwin Diaz, who's a Mets pitcher, had been in the All-Star game before, had got his inning and pitched. And Bednar was sort of quiet down in the du- in the in the bullpen, wasn't really lobbying for himself. And it looked like he wasn't going to get a chance. And there was like three guys left. The thing was, is that Bednar had been up and warmed up once. 
So usually you don't, after the guy sits down, you don't want him to go and warm up again. It's too much on the arm, I guess. But that basically all the guys left in the bullpen who had pitched in an all-star game before, they just put the pressure on, on the bullpen coach who was down there to get on the on the phone with Snitker, the Braves manager who was running the 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 National League team. And basically they just said, fuck you, you're putting this kid in. You're going to give this guy a chance because, you know, he's there. You never know if you're going to get back, right? I mean, look, this year, 37 first-timers, that means 37 people who didn't get there again. So it's a good story about how these guys all came together. They were looking out for, for you know, a guy on another team. And uh, and he got to go in and pitch, and his fiance was at the game. And um, it's a cool story. It's a good lasso for a bunch of guys on different, you know, different players, competitors. Every one of those guys wants to pitch in the all-star game. But to know that somebody had never had the chance and to get them that opportunity, that's that's a Ted Lasso in my mind. Barbecue sauce. Nice. Good one. Nice. Uh, hold on. Did we did we give one to Bo Jackson? No, you should him? do that. You should do that. Oh, man. yeah, do it. Do it. Oh, Jackson, no. baby. Well, yeah. sad, sad story, but it's, this has been out there for a little bit now, but um, he paid for the, was it the funeral costs for all of the victims of the uh, Uvalde school shooting? Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, really cool moment from Bo Jackson. He's like my favorite athlete of all time. Yeah, so. he's a good dude. I love him. Yeah, definitely des- deserves a lasso. Yeah, that's a lasso for sure. Do we have time for one more? Yeah, Rooster. Sure. Yeah, Let's do it. Rooster. All right. This one this one relates to the ABA. Did you, did you ever hear of the ABA? Nope. The American Bar Association? <laughs> <laughs> what American have they done? Bath. Remember the red, white, and blue blue basketball? Uh, anyway, the most successful ABA teams were like the New York Nets, the Pacers, Nuggets, Spurs. They were around from six to seven. They were around from 67 to 76 and the, and then merged into the NBA and the NBA only took four out of the 11 teams. And they took the four teams that I just mentioned, the successful ones, which left a lot of guys who had skills for basketball, but not a lot else suddenly without a paycheck, without any health insurance, without any pension. And now, you know, fast forward to today, a lot of these guys are old, poverty stricken, um, have no health care, and they're just really in rough shape. And there's an organization that was the, the brainchild of one of the former players, a guy named Mel Daniel. He got together with a guy named Scott Tarter, who is the CEO of a nonprofit that they founded in 2014 called Dropping Dimes. And Dropping Dimes has been trying to raise money to support these guys, but at the same time has been pressuring the NBA to help. And the NBA resisted for, for a long time. Um, but just recently, about a week ago, announced that they were going to fund about $25 million in pension to these former players. And they're going to, you know, the guys who are still alive and, and didn't get swept up in the merger and who need it. I think it's need space. They're going to get $3,800 a year for every year they were in the league some of whom were in the league for nine years. So they're going to go from some guys are going to go from the streets to having a $35,000 a year income. It's, it's a really nice thing. There's some super talented former players who literally are living on the streets 
And, and this nonprofit, it's like they've dedicated their lives to helping these people. It's, it's a beautiful story. And uh, hats off to Scott Tarter. Unfortunately, Mel Daniel died, I think, last year and didn't get to see the NBA contribution come to fruition. I also think the uh, Players Association is contributing half the amount. So it's good to see that these young NBA players are learning to respect the history of the game. Because the ABA, yeah, the, I mean, the ABA yeah. basically was the trailblazer for the style yeah. of basketball that we all love today. They, right. they, they were the first to have a slam dunk contest. They were the first to have a three-point line. They were the first to have the, you know, the up-tempo the game with Dr. The J finishing the game, the, the play with a dunk, the flying dunk. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they deserve their due. It's, yeah, they were like, they were like live is for golf. Yeah, hey, it's a it That's is right. a rare <laughs> it's a rare week where we have more losses than uh, punchable faces. So what a good <laughs> good good week, a good week, everyone. Don't worry, there's right. always next week. All right, guys. Yeah, we'll look, look forward to having Pope back next week. Good show, everyone. Have a good week, yeah. guys. Have a good week. Yeah. See y'all. Bye. SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.